1: Greetings and welcome to a Friday edition of the Shotgun Start. It is June 16th. Andy, how are we doing?
0: Brendan, I'm doing great. I'm uh I'm coming to you live from outside the Dratty House. I'm a little uncomfortable. I'm back on radio row in the media center. Back to our stopping grounds for the open championship. Actually doing some radio from the media center. Happy that I'm not getting shook down for
1: doing it. Yeah. You better make sure there's no one from the RNA that's easy there. They're going to just add <laughs> they're another gonna, feed. Uh, going whatever assess me. we did last July. Assess yeah. me
0: a live radio feed because they don't <laughs> understand what a podcast is.
1: Uh, good. I'm glad uh, You know, we're trying to get this out Friday night uh, before you, you, know, you have to make your trek back up the hill. So you are recording. I'm back in uh, Maryland again. Flew back. Uh, we'll be here for the duration of the weekend. Long day, but uh, a good day at LACC, it looked like. What did what, you do today? Who did you follow? I think you were with yeah. Rory and Ricky on Rory Two and Ends Ricky. of the Draw.
0: Yeah, Two Ends okay. of the Draw. Had a, a little live podcast in the middle. Uh, took in a lot of golf, and uh, it was a delightful day. I uh, I enjoyed. I'm, I'm currently sifting through some, some of the golf course takes that were presented yesterday, and, and they're all in a garbage can.
1: Um, so it's been you a, it's been a fun that? day.
0: I- Um, They weren't in
1: the garbage can until, like, lunchtime, though. That stuff kept going. As I tweeted, like, these are long days. Every take gets workshopped, and it's PGA, it's U.S. Open. U.S. Open especially, the course is a subject of scrutiny and discussion. And so, like, over the course of these 15-hour days, everybody proposes everything. Everybody goes to one extreme or another within that time frame, and usually by the end of the day or the end of the championship it kind of shakes out in the wash.
0: Yeah, I, and listen, like this golf course was going to have lower scoring. It's that's the that's the golf course, all right? It it presents opportunities to score. But it also is very 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 challenging if you miss one of the fairways. And and when and you see that with with guys like it, it's it's a struggle if you don't hit the fairway and some a few guys have played really well that have missed a lot of fairways, um, but for the most part, the guys playing well are hitting a lot of fairways.
1: Which and I guys? Think, which guys have missed a lot of fairways? That have
0: kind of uh, I had it pulled up. I had to feet. restart my computer, but um, like um, Tony Tony okay. Finau has missed a ton okay. of fairways. Um, okay. If you know, and and he's playing decently well. He's eleventh, but he's he's a ways back. Um, it's hard. Right. I don't think Wyndham Clark has driven it great. Um, he's a long player, but he hasn't driven it great, and and that gives a discussion on Wyndham Clark on you know where you see him going you know the rest of the way. But I think the thing that that is uh, you know when the sun comes out and the wind gets up, this is a tremendous golf course. And I think the thing that I'm trying to settle on and square up is it, it's just like what people want out of the U.S. Open. Now, wow. to me, to me, the U.S. Open goes to the greatest championship courses in America. They get first pick on every great championship course in America. The PGA gets second pick. That's the way it works, right? And now with the date, PGA kind of has to pick part of the country. So these are all the greatest championship courses outside of Augusta National in America. And, like, for some reason, this would be, like, lining up the twelve greatest restaurants in the world and having them all serve the same dish, like it'd be like going to the greatest Italian restaurant in America, and then saying no, you actually steak. have to make a steak like Buvets yeah. in Chicago. You know, you'd be it, it's just freaking a- asinine. Well, each course, each course should have their unique identity. Sometime in nineteen fifty. The golf, the U S open shifted in 1951, the golf, the U S open identity shifted from the prior where it just went and showcased the greatest courses in America to this like stern test where everything was the same. And personally, like, Hey, maybe, maybe I'm think different than some people and I'm fine with that. This is just personally for me. I like the latter a lot more. I like when we go to a new course that there's something new about it. Like we go to, you know, a different course. It's like, Hey, guess what? Pinehurst is different. The Wingfoot, Pinehurst is different than LACC. Uh, pebbles different than Pinehurst. Like it's fun that that way. They're different courses. They reward different things. And I'm just so happy that the, the sun and wind sun came out and the wind came up. So people could see this place has some teeth this afternoon.
1: Yeah. I I think, um, Right it, It's a battle of identities here, uh, this sort of last forty, 50 years. It seems like maybe we could maybe we could emerge out of it. maybe maybe we are starting to maybe we can get a trend to, to get people to stop feeling like a US open has to be a certain way in a certain way on a scoreboard. Um, I'd say the players, there aren't really any complaints about it other than brooksy is kind of but but KVV sort of cleared that up. It sounds like he was asking the question. That it was more of like a, a reticent critique, like, hey, it doesn't work well for me. I would like it to be more chaotic, more challenging, the lower scores. Apparently blind shots are his kryptonite. He <laughs> said that in shots. the in the in the press Twice conference. Now. Yeah, Twice he said he, he said really
0: it, so. doesn't like blind shots.
1: Yeah. Um, I guess my, my one assessment, and we'll get to the players here in a, a little bit, is like one critique of like what a US open does it need. To have an environment does it yes. need to have a good fan experience does it need to like june gloom is a thing that's probably always going to maybe have a challenge to this this to venue any just california like any california well just like mid-atlantic in you know congressional like when you saw in 2011 mid-atlantic like there are gonna be thunderstorms at oakmont like that's just like that that's like a potential pitfall for it but the crowd issue and i saw john huggins said it's worse than the old course um, in terms of fan experience and trying to follow a group well you know the old course isn't going to stop having the open because of it but there are probably ways to improve upon that and i think baking that in has sort of added a little extra fuel to some of the critiques people were ready to critique it and so like the fan experience or the lack of juice so to speak i has think that's added a real a critique
0: element. i mean i yeah. i tweeted from the first tee today it's just a joke, and obviously I know that just another guy was up there on the tee, <laughs> so I get that that doesn't get the people in the corporate tents, you know, excited. The corporate uh, shall- or whatever rooms in the co- clubhouse excited. I know Terrace, the Rolex people patio, aren't aren't yeah. getting out there for Jordan Spieth. I know that the you know uh, Goldman Sachs, yeah, Goldman Sachs isn't excited about Spieth. I mean, I, they only come out for the real superstars. T- um, can't lie. oh my god!
1: but
0: you know. The first tee, the, the ninth green, the tenth tee are all, I mean, they're just dead. And it sucks. The first tee being dead stinks. You know, that is not a good look for the open. Cha- this is an open the tournament for everybody. you got to have a first tee environment. It's part of like the major championship. What are the first tee nerves going to be like if nobody's around?
1: What's especially egregious about this one is like it's also the 18th green. Yes. So there was like a there's a built in and I get it would have obscured the clubhouse probably. But there could have been a way to maybe make it all work. Yeah. The first tee is also the 18th green. There should be a, some sort of substantial scene there for everyone. But uh, it, and it's just generally like that. Six, well, six, the other thing, is,
0: the other thing is 15. The fans can't see where the ball's going if they're on the left. So you know, like I watched some guys hit it to like three feet today, and it was like three people clapping. It's like, what is going on?
1: Right, right.
0: One takeaway right. though about the fan, uh, the, about the fans. Um, yeah, a guy who hasn't been a factor much in in really my tenure of covering uh, major championships live has been Ricky Fowler, and let me tell you. The afternoon, I I followed him on the back nine this afternoon, and it was delightful. The Ricky crowd is such an ingratiating crowd, and you could just, you can feel, it. You know, you could just feel everybody wanting this guy to win, and it's just like an incredibly electric atmosphere, where like he has this gravity. And I know it's fun to poke fun at all the activations, but the guy has something about him that just draws people to him.
1: It's a, a familiarity. There people know him, know who he is. Know, and like, you know, sometimes his game hasn't been worthy of putting him in a spot where that they, they gravitate towards him, right? He's playing out of view because of his scores, but that's changed obviously significant this week. I was thinking about, at like as i looked at the leaderboard today like if you had told me at this i don't know say christmas or last november or even the start of this year that ricky would be the one threatening like a birdie record at the pga at the uh, us open you know i think he had 17 or 18 336 17 birdies and Ricky would be the one threatening He has 18 18 birdies. 18. Okay. Because I think he added one at whatever. Yeah.
0: Unbelievable birdie on
1: 17. Um, And Justin Thomas would be t 152 14 (laughs) over from that dynamic duo. I just said a blind taste test. I think you probably would have had those roles reversed. And it's just interesting to see how golf can kind of really, really quickly uh, flip or just maybe in a one week not reflect the longer realities of the game
0: it's, can i a ask a question separation yeah serious question <laughs> oh
1: god is that that might mean it's not serious when you preface it that way but go
0: when's the when's the jt coach buzz gonna start
1: as in a breakup with his dad or a new set of eyes yeah new um, set of I,
0: eyes maybe like a maybe it's yeah. just like a co-coaching situation
1: yeah it's probably bringing in somebody else alongside or, or or you don't actually get rid of the dad i don't think that was one of the stronger points of of the full swing um but i don't see that happening They go, dad and mama they go to everything like they go to all the events um i see what you're saying it's not it's not a it's not an unfair question uh I thought, I thought, well, they said he's the got, he, here's
0: the thing. He's got the best caddy in the world, according to everybody. I don't know if Bones has ever finished 152 in a tournament.
1: Well, I don't know how Ricky's doing this without Scoby. Like, he's just <laughs> flying blind here that's, into that's 18 the birdies.
0: <laughs> I'm glad we're, um. we're, I'm glad we've all, <laughs> land, we've landed here.
1: <laughs> uh, not the story, but Lavner caught up with JT, uh, tweeted it. He said, uh, he was surprised as anyone that he shot 73-81. He was hitting it great. Thought he could win, but his scores were quote humiliating, and embarrassing, and the lowest I've felt, um, which I think would be seems accurate. It was bad. He was when I looked up, it was him and Hank Labiota one fifty five, one fifty six at one point. So uh, I just didn't expect that. It's illustrative of how the game can change on us quickly. You know, over the last several years, it's like Ricky of that pairing of that that friendship. Uh, has been the one kind of toiling, and JT is the one that like sets these birdie records and marks. So I
0: mean, that's the the virtue of golf, right? Is that yep. you know, it's uh, when you lose it, it never feels like you're going to get it back, and when you have it, it feels like you're never going to lose it, right? And um, it's it's crazy, you know, if you look at really JT since since the PGA win last year, we're we're basically. You know, maybe – I don't think this is uh, hyperbolic to say, but probably the low point of his entire career.
1: Today? Or this weekend? Just right now. Well, right like with the stretch, yeah. So far, like – and, right.
0: yeah. and I mean, is it, he's a great player. I, I think he's a generational player. I want to be clear here. So it's just – it's an interesting um, uh, situation and, and everything. But we, we were talking and, about Ricky. And, what? What? Yeah, he, any other Ricky thoughts? I mean <laughs> – He's putting incredible. I don't. I don't know what he ended up, but I saw the stat that flashed across the screen. He was eighteen for eighteen on putts inside fifteen feet. Yeah. After he yeah. hold one that on maybe two stat. or three, uh, two on the second hole. I mean, he's putting unbelievable. I and I think like you know, people have their you know. Th- this is more about Ricky. The eighteen birdies. He he's made eighteen birdies. He's ten to under. I mean, he's he's made eight bogeys. <laughs> Right. it's a, that's what's uh, the magic of this course, course is that yeah. you can go you when you're hitting shots you can go out here I mean Rory shot 30 on the front nine both both rounds like if you get going you can go and that's what makes it so, so fun because that's what everybody loves about Augusta National and like I get that this isn't the US open identity but let's not ob- let that obscure the fact that this is gonna be one of the most fun tournaments. Because guys are able to go. And that, I think, is so rare at, at a lot of golf courses, the way they're set up these days. And I got to give, like, I'm ha- I'm, I am i got to give Bodenhammer um, and the USGA props. I felt like they, you know, he went on, on Golf Channel last night. Which last night. It, we yeah. can talk about
1: Fixed just the music, so to speak.
0: Just, just Golf Channel and maybe their low point in, in live from history. <laughs> is having Brandel on there just spewing. Things are completely not true. Like the right. the reason Pine Valley had no trees was that the trees were being used to build houses and for firewood. That's Keep categorically false.
1: George Crump wanted to sit around the fire with the beer <laughs> at night. And so, so they had to start counting down
0: but he went on there and he he and the thing they didn't do they didn't go crazy today. It was again very fair it was very like set up and then the the wind came up this afternoon it got tough and some players could played really great like Ricky shooting 68 and a couple other guys like you know Turrell Hatton shot 67 you know but those were well earned great rounds of golf and um so Anyways, I'm excited for the weekend. I'm excited. If I said pretender contender for Ricky, what do you say?
1: I know it's, um, I keep waiting for it to sort of really, uh, I mean, he hit his bumps today. And he's he did. Just, he's making too many birdies to not make it like a total c- combustion. A contender, like in contender, I hope all the way through to at least, you know, the final hours on Sunday. I think he's, I know the putting's been great. He, it looks like Patrick Rogers is the only one ahead of him in strokes grand, strokes gained putting through the two rounds now, based on data golf. I think one um, of the, he hit his bump striping striping it. With it.
0: Um, he had a three putt on eleven. It seemed like one of the things I think is happening out there, and it seemed I was talking with Shackelford about this. The greens are the grass is growing a lot in the afternoon. It is. I think the greens are getting slower in the afternoon, but I also think there's some credence to the wind also getting involved on that back nine in the afternoon because he he left a putt short on ten into the wind. He left a putt short, really short on eleven into the wind too, um, and those were kind of you know two putts that led to bogeys and everything. But but um, yeah, I, I I think he's I I've got him in the pretender bucket. <laughs> I, l- I like, I want him to, do, to, I just don't, I don't see it. I don't see it over four rounds and I, I'm, I want to be wrong. It's hard, but I, I know, just it's hard. like, it's he hard hasn't, he hasn't done it over four rounds in years. We gotta go really back to, to Phoenix, right?
1: It feels like we've like seen a, him
0: play two good rounds on the tour. We haven't seen him play four good rounds.
1: It feels like there are probably a fewer made, you know, nine to 12 footers. And all of a sudden the the 68 is like a 73 or something. And I, I, yeah, I, I I'm, I'm scared. I'm scared. I'm hesitant. I'm, t- I'm timidly walking in to Ricky. I want it. I want it to see him. I think that's the best, almost the best case scenario for this championship. Rory, of course we can get into him in a minute, but it seems can like, it,
0: can I ask you ahead. another question? Yeah. Who are you more scared of? Scotty at minus five, or Cam uh, Smith at
1: minus four. I think Scotty um, played tougher wave. It, I was going to say it's clear the draw was most beneficial to the uh, late early. Um, Shoffly and Ricky are there by the dint of a like sparkling sixty two, but they certainly got the hard stuff today. Whereas the late guys yesterday got a little bit of the gloom that persisted. Um, so it's like Fowler and Shawley, and that's it. And then you go down a little farther, and, and, and Scotty's Scottie. the one. That's stuck through on that side of the draw.
0: Scotty's only one under on the par fives for the week so Ooh. far. Yeah. You think about, like, the two par fives on the front nine, or, like, those are those are par four and a Gettable. half. Yeah, they're par four. There's a ton. And I think one of the ways to understand this golf course and why people are... are is that it's a ton of half par holes. There's a lot of 3 and a halves that are marked as 4, like like there are a couple there's one, six. There's some par 3s that are 3 and a halves. There's some par 5s that are 4 and a halves and there's a bunch of par 4s that are 4 and a halves, right? Where you make your bogeys is really important, right? When you're giving away shots on the holes that are the half par the other way you're losing effectively like one and a half shots, right? If you're giving your bogeys away on the really tough holes, you know, in terms of where they fall on the par, that's only like a half a shot loss, right? So that's a good way to think about the golf course and like where there's, this course is filled with half par holes. Um, So like one bogey, a bogey on six isn't the same as a
1: bogey on 13, right? Yep. I thought Um, we saw that sort of ignite john rom's um i don't know golf brain and imagination in a in a press conference that was a little grumbly but until he was asked like yeah this is fun the variety the variants of bogey birdie bogey birdie like i don't know like a lot of these holes can punch you in the face and then i can quickly get an eagle maybe or, or a, another red number on the on the board it's a great departure from just trying to make a bunch of pars and holding on to your butts and shoot 71, 72. There's ability to do that. Where do you think we're going with this setup over the next two days? We have half a field now. We can cut it in half.
0: If we get the sun, I think that you're looking at, at eight to 12. I think like 12, if the, if the sun stays out and the wind stays up like this afternoon, I think 12 would be a really good number to be at. Um, You know, I, I, you know, Shaq said twelve to fourteen. I don't think that's out of the question, but I do think I think that we're at the point where scoring this is one of the I think this is one of those great tournaments where you get out Everybody's worried, you get out, and then like the number just kind of stays. It kind of flat lines, right? And I think we're there. Uh-huh. I think this is tomorrow. But you could see what I think is neat about the dynamic of this tournament, you could see some guy some early charges, just because the scoring conditions in the morning are gonna be better than the afternoon. Right. I mean, so
1: like you'll have the you'll have the June gloom. Yeah.
0: Like I would go down to even. If a guy that's even could go out and shoot a sixty four in the morning, they are they're going to be in the mix on Sunday. They're going to have a super late tea time.
1: I, I put that down in a note. I wrote that in a big, bold note as we came in uh, right before we recorded. Like Because of that dynamic, and I'm not going to say it's as extreme as Shinnecock 2018 when uh, all of a sudden Tony Finau and Daniel Berger were, I guess, in the final group or near the final group because of uh, they got out there before it got kind of crazy. I, if you're a leader, you probably don't like seeing like Colin Morakala kind of hang on, hang around and have an early tea time. John Rahm sort of blew attire coming in there, but for a while there, it looked like he was going to have a chance. He's He made the cut, he's two over. Uh, his finish sort of wipes out maybe that possibility with, <clears throat> with a bogey. He bogeyed 17 and 18. Tough, tough finish for Rahm. But for a while there, it looked like those guys could fall in that bucket of. Playing in the marine layer, playing in the softer conditions, and all of a sudden if the leading number is gonna stay around eight, stay around ten, they're in it pretty quickly. I, I guess Ron with the bogey bogey finish might have removed himself. How about Sam Stevens playing himself onto the right side of the cut line also there? But well there's he, some big he, names. He
0: must have felt some support. Like Brooks is in it. I you know, I don't Itzy, I think Brooks.
1: he Brooks. hmm
0: Bryson. Bryson will be early tea time that could, could jump up that leaderboard. I think, um, it, it'll be interesting. You want to talk about Rory?
1: Yeah, but let's do an ad read for friends at B-Dratty first. Uh, I got, a great, I got a great story. Uh, I got a great story. Let's tease him. We got some good Rory takes, so let's go. What's what, what, but I, after you listen, what's the great story?
0: Well, so anyways, we, uh, B-Dratty was kind enough to send down a bunch of product for us. And, um, you know, uh, some new stuff. They got some new stuff and, and they got prints now. This is a little outside my lane. They got prints, you know. So I decided, I, I said, say, I hey, I ta- got to ta- do this. off. I got to do this, you know, public uh, speaking thing, this live podcast. I'm going to try and appeal to a different generation. I'm going to try and, as, as Shackelford <laughs> likes to call the millennials, the M's. I'm going to try the and youngs. appeal to the Z's. So I popped on the printed shirt, the print shirt, and uh, I went out there. And let me tell you, from across the 14th fairway, someone was yelling, tie-dye,
1: tie-dye.
0: And I looked up and I pointed. No, come on. And they cheered. They were pumped.
1: Is it tie-dye? Or were they they kind of. It kind of looks like clouds. a subtle thing going on. But they yeah. shouted across the 14th fairway about it.
0: And I gave them a, I gave them a, and then they cheered. They were, they were in to the print. And I turned, you know, I, I told somebody about the shirt. Somebody asked, what's going on with the shirt? And I said, let's try trying, trying something new today. And uh, and I well, turned and I said, do you see that? And they, were, they acted like they didn't see it, but it happened.
1: Well, they have a variety of styles, some new products, some new prints. They have your traditional pocket polos. They've got boxers. This is the 10-year anniversary of Beed Ready. I think one of their first clubs they stocked were, was LACC, I think, yeah, back when they were their nascent days. Look where they are now, too. They, they, they've grown and expanded over 10 years. It's a big anniversary year. You go to com. use the promo code SGS30, and you get 30% off. If you want to do a late Father's Day thing, you can print it out between now and Sunday. Or if you just want to treat yourself from sport to solids to stripes to these whatever. Prints, I guess, is the category you're, you're calling it. Uh, a lot of variety there. BeDratty.com. Use the promo code SGS30. Thanks to them for supporting the Dratty House uh, all week. All right, Rory. Uh, you followed him. He looks I, I followed extremely him bat, good. The
0: nine they didn't play great. Um, okay. yeah, I, yeah, I think he's. Uh, I think this golf course is such a good fit for him, and I love the way he's playing it. He is. He's been. He's measured. He's playing smart. He's doing very wise things to do. He's making fairways bigger with some of his choices off the tee with clubs. Uh, a great example is the fifth. He's hitting three-wood off five. It's a 490-yard uphill par four with a very, very wide fairway. Where you would hit driver, the slope is very severe. And uh, I watched him in his practice round kind of, like, noticed this. And, you know, he's now hitting this three-wood. It's so counterintuitive. You think 490-yard par four, oh, let's hit, let's bash driver up there. But he's hitting three-wood. It's wider there for him. Laying back, he's birdied that hole both days. I think the thing that's most impressive about Rory is—is is there's like a, a patience about his game this week. He is not—he's driving it very well, and I think that has to be said, right? He's—he especially driving it great. If fits his eye. The golf course wow. fits his eye off the tee. I think it's—it's it's wide. He can kind of get in a rhythm. He can hit a lot of drivers. But the big thing I think is he's not pushing things. He's got a game plan. He's playing it. He's avoiding. Big bogeys, and he's avoided bogey runs, the things that have like killed him in other majors. Um, he's got five bogeys so far this week that none of them are weak bogeys. And I think that's the thing that you typically have gotten frustrated in, in recent years with Rory. His bogeys have so, come on the 221 plus yard par three fourth today, the 297 yard par three 11th the 522-yard par-4, 13th, the hardest probably driving hole on the course, and the 530-yard, 17th. So if you think about that, those five bogeys were all on like plus half pars, right? So they're like two par-3s are like 2 par 3s or 3 and a halfs, and the par-4s were all four and a halfs. So those bogeys are are just half-shot losses, right? But meanwhile, he's making mincemeat of the par-5s The short par fours. And I think that's like the thing. He made one bogey yesterday. It's on the 500 plus yard par four, right? Like he is running into birdies. He's going at this golf course, he's going to make four to six birdies around. Like he's just too talented, too good. And the golf course fits his game just beautifully. So he's going to run into birdies. The key here is just keep the ball in the short grass. There's enough space for him to play. And he's he's doing it masterfully. He's not hitting driver everywhere, but where he hits driver, he's really capitalizing on it. And uh, I, you know, I love Rory right now for this ter- this week. I think he's playing. I think he's playing the best golf of of all the guys. He hasn't had the putting rounds that that Ricky has. He he's he's hit the ball the best. I think of the guys on that leaderboard in terms of just pure, you know. Green to tea, like who? Who looks the best is him.
1: Um, you know, coming off Oak Hill, I think we each had a critique of him that in separate ways. Yours was largely decision making, obviously p- pinpointed on the, the layup into the water at uh, what was that seven, uh, seven. at Oak Hill, and and um, I just thought he was hitting it poorly. He was like spraying it both directions, not playing well, and I think by his own admission, he wasn't playing well. That seems to be. He's gotten demonstrably better with each start, right? He played much better at Memorial a couple weeks later, played well in Canada, obviously had bad Sunday rounds at both of those. Like he's much, this game is actually better. Now to your point about sort of management and um, uh, strategy, I thought he had a great quote after the round. He said, I've gone through ebbs and flows with patience in my career. I went on YouTube a few weeks ago and was looking back to my Open at Hoylake. I couldn't believe how many irons and three woods I was hitting off the tee. Now, an Open championship is unique in that way, right? A lot of times you can find yourself doing that. But it set something off in my mind. I know how to do this. I know how to play smart. I don't have to hit driver all the time. Yes, it's a big weapon. It's a big advantage. But I keep saying I've got more weapons in my arsenal now than I did back then. So I may as well use them and play to them. kind of alluding to what you've talked about where maybe on a 490 yard par 4 he's not hitting he's smashing driver and then when he gets to that 16 or 1 like he (sighs) does have the he's the best it's got to be so I mean it's got to be so tempting to just want to rip when you have that weapon and maybe this is a a unique week where something different has gone off in his brain he's looking back to how he played a, a, a link style or a or had to strategize more in an open, and he's doing that to success. And he's also, by the way, like it's very simple to say, he's just hitting it a lot better than he was at Oak Hill. Like he's hitting yes, it absolutely much, much better. He's playing better golf. So
0: yeah, um, he's, he's driven it well for a couple couple days. I think I think I would put him as the favorite. I don't know what the betting markets say. Uh, I you know I think on this leaderboard, the people that I like the most are Rory, Dustin Johnson. Scotty Scheffler and Cam Smith. To me those are the guys. I think the cream is going to continue to rise in this tournament. And I think I'm looking at those guys that we could have like a very electric weekend in terms of of of
1: the leaderboard here. You know DJ usually just goes around goes along with like kind of the I mean, question usually. He'll he'll just kind of deflect and be like, "Yeah, yeah, that's what you should do." He was emphatic yesterday, like, you just have to hit the fairway. Like, you have to. And, like, when they would try to ask him about something else, he's like, no, well, you just have to hit the fairway. You have to hit in the fair." And Rory did the, something similar this week, uh, today, after his second round. So, I know that's also a very basic talking point. But in terms of, like, penalty, in terms of strategy, more than ever is just hitting the fairway. And sometimes uh, that's 70 yards wide, and sometimes it's functionally a lot smaller. But hitting the fairway is at an actual premium at a place where you don't have a 25-yard fairway. And it seems counterintuitive to so many of these people. It's
0: it's the wonderful, everything about golf is counterintuitive. And this is another counterintuitive. People are always like, hey, if you want to test driving and driving accuracy, have a 25-yard fairway. No, that just, everybody's going to miss it. You know, nobody's gonna hit reliably hit fairways when it's like that. The way to test driving is with more space so that you can actually pass the test. You can't pass the test at Oak Hill. You can't pass the test at Wingfoot. You know, you're you're grading on a curve at that point if you're talking about an actual test.
1: The way to do it the two best drivers saying you have to hit the fairway here more than they would at a place where we all talk about the premium of hitting a fairway to Hill.
0: every fairway isn't wide here the other thing i like about this golf course is that you have different types of fairways you have a big funnel fairway on three where you can just let it rip right but then on on 13 it's 70 yards wide but half of the fairway is going to repel it though three quarters of the fairway is going to really repel it to the right, so you have variety. You have different windows and different things that are getting in players' head. There's a couple narrowed fairways by the USGA that actually do provide different windows, right? I I don't know if I would I think they were really necessary, but they're there and they do provide different looks. So. I think people need to understand that golf, like what you think the obvious response of what you should do in golf is, is usually the complete opposite of the obvious response because it's the most counterintuitive sport in the fricking world.
1: Yeah. Uh, Sam Bennett, contender or pretender? Five under. Where are you with the Sam Bennett?
0: I I hate how slow he plays, um, but I kind of like love the stones on the kid.
1: He's amazing. He just comes in again. He's like, I don't know. He's just playing. I'm just playing, man. Brian Phillips, who's kind of in and around golf Twitter, said Sam Bennett has the aesthetic of a mid 2000 Oakland A's middle reliever, <laughs> which I is think is, is a good uh, a good way to uh, put him. I, he's back though. I can't I can't knock him. Seems like a kid that can play on courses that generally should be ejecting or stiff arming, sort of the young and inexperienced. Uh, All right, it's Augusta National, and now this one.: so,
0: Who's the guy that ahead. we didn't talk about that's going to make some noise tomorrow?
1: That we haven't talked about today so far. Mm-hmm. Um, talking Saturday. You've know, <laughs> How about Charlie Hoffman? Why is he around? The tough: Oh, well, um, he's found some
0: good tufts of grass. And, and, go and he got McCarthy? that great local knowledge they paid 100
1: bucks for. <laughs> how about Danny McCarthy? He's good when it is gets hard. Is that a good one playing well? Yeah, tends to do well when the courses are most challenging. I know his primary his primary advantage is putting, um, and maybe that doesn't you know late in the day if it's bumpy. He's he's t two under, uh, obviously in form. Danny McCarthy's someone I'll go with. If you if you count that, we've noted Cam Smith already. I don't know.
0: I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna go on the obvious one. I'm gonna say Xander, and I just this is what this thought just came into my head. Um, Xander's been right, yeah, and he's been exposed. He's been exposed to the elements, so you Uh know he has he has played in the toughest thing. There's going to be no jarring effect of it, right? Um, He birdied the last two holes. What what a finish to get into that group. I mean, awesome. I was probably going to be the group that I'm following tomorrow. Um, and yeah. uh, it's uh, so, yeah, I'm going to say Z- I actually think Xander's going to be a factor. I was I was joking with KVV today in the media center. Um, I said, you know, when he just was making pars early in his round, I said he was a, a cat, a house cat that was sitting on the porch deciding whether he was going to go out and explore the world or go
1: <laughs> back inside. We have to do a house cat follow up at some point. But yes, you're right. I thought while we're on KVV, he synthesized it so well. I wanted to kind of, I was kind of sorting through this last night when I was watching Brandle. Like, you can't be against low scoring and also against the rollback. You just can't. Somehow, like he said, it seems like a lot of those people fall into the same bucket. And I just, I'm sorry. It's fine if you're against the rollback, but then you can't also. Scream your face off about a U.S. Open with sixty twos and a lot of sixty fives. Those do not; those aren't tenable positions. But somehow, I think I think it's just people w- wanting to holler about a lot of stuff, and often the same people. Those aren't reconcilable; those positions. I'm sorry. Um, let's do. Uh, are you fair? or Are we good with like how far back is too far back? Are there any contenders you're concerned about? Sergio won over. Uh, see no. one over. Are we going that far? Gordon Sargent's no. an AM sergeant. Go ahead. There's but some the clause
0: about Sergeant with the top 20. I was hearing about something with PGA tour. You, I don't know. I hope Nick Hardy plays oh, yeah, well. Yeah. He's close fan, 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 friend of the program. I hope he plays well. Uh, I would love, you know who I'd love to see in the mix. I'm not sure if he'll, he'll, he'll be in the mix. Min Louie I love that guy watching that guy play golf. I might, I might try and catch him. A little bit tomorrow he's too, fun. but he's playing with Sam uh, Bennett, so I, I actually don't want to watch that.
1: <laughs> Cut disappointments. I mean, what's Phil, the best? What, legit,
0: over. legit. Like, what's the best group? Cam Smith, Scotty Scheffler, or uh Rory Xander. Which? What's more watchable? Two times out.
1: Are they? Those sure are the guys. Yeah, Smith?
0: they're together. Yeah, based uh, off finishes. Uh, Finish Rory on.
1: Xander. I think is what I'm going with there, but oh god, Shuffler, Cam, what great golf to watch, especially on this (laughs) template, on this palette, this canvas. It'd
0: be amazing. I mean, those are like last year. I caught Zalator. I I decided to go. I thought Zalatoris might make a move, and like you usually know pretty quick. And like last Saturday, last year's Saturday, Zalatoris's round was unbelievable to watch in person, and I feel like there's a great round coming from one of those two guys tomorrow. Two so guys. that would be yeah. like a, a group to watch, obviously. So, all right, let's Victor call it. Sneaks in it's, let's get this Cut thing casualties. going.
1: Anybody that b- bombed out that you're really frustrated, pissed about, Phil yeah. Spieth misses. Oh, know, Spieth Justin missed. Rose misses. we talked Just about JT plenty.
0: <laughs> Wait, Spieth missed Go ahead. it?
1: Yeah, they're three over.
0: I feel bad Spieth that Max Phil missed it. Three over. You know, yeah, I, think, like, I think like, I think. I think like one of the hard things is a a professional and I think Max, like he's become a really great PGA tour player, but one of the really hardest things about golf is that these majors have such a buildup and it's hard to make them feel normal. And I think that's something that Max is trying to do right now with them. But it's like so hard to do, and especially this one, having won a Pac-12 here, home one. Like it's just like as much as you want to tell yourself that it's just another week, which if if he can get himself into that mindset, I think he'll play great golf. Um, I think it's just so difficult to do that.
1: Yep. I'm surprised Phil missed, and I think he is too, probably. He's probably a little stunned by that one. But yeah. uh, All right. I think that does it. Can we please stop? Sad
0: that the prime time missed. Dion.
1: (laughs) But every there's a ton of knaves on the right side. We'll have a good good weekend ahead. I just asked that we please stop showing Law and Order SVU before. Oh my god! that happened to me. Traumatized today. Go ahead. I watched
0: yesterday's afternoon at the house and. and literally kaylee my wife came in it had changed over and i hadn't changed it yet because i was doing something else and she goes what the hell are you watching because our daughter was in the room
1: there was one yesterday about some like incest like prostitution rain and people getting killed and drugs it's just like just bigger buffer just stop this the usa network all right everyone enjoy your friday nights enjoy your saturday morning we'll be back with you to recap it after 54 holes